You might remember him as Smashes from Cash Time, but he has since reinvented himself as Zynga. Now that he's gearing toward launching his album, we got to go down memory lane with the rapper. Uya's umzanzi celebrity is filled with flavor, but you know that he overtla kutseva hore fame iremonganing. Or who secured the latest bag? Or just who's dripping with sauce? And who's adding the spice? Tonga yongi intonje. Because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pot. Before we get into your rap career, I wanted to uh, ask this question. Are you aware that you could also be a comedian? Because you're kind of a favorite when it comes to, you know, your Instagram personality. Um, to be honest with you, uh, yes and no. Because I'll say no, um, mainly because I respect the art of comedy. And I would think it would take more than, you know, just a few funny videos to become an actual comedian. Mm. But I do acknowledge that I'm able to make people giggle at it. And and I guess that's also part of, you know, you having reinvented yourself. I think over the years, uh, coming to who we've come, like now that we know who you are right now, it's quite different from, you know, the, the Zynga or even, I don't know if I could even like... Um, the smashes that we used to know, right? Because you've, you've definitely reinvented uh, yourself. Tell me about that uh, that journey that you've been on to finding yourself. I think you've, you've said that um, a couple of times. Yeah. It took a lot of soul searching, first and foremost. So that helped me become more of myself. And that is what has uh, put me at a place where I've decided to show more of myself. Also, it came with a lot of shedding of a lot of things I didn't appreciate about myself. So, which is what actually forced me, well, not forced me, but got me to the position of actually changing my name because then I didn't feel like I was really still the same person that I represented myself as as precious. This, uh, but the Instagram videos are more so a preparation actually for uh, my doing a podcast, I think I'm interested in, well not I think, I, I'm interested in doing something along those lines, I feel like it would be interesting. Mm. And when you say, I mean, before we even get to this this new venture that you're you're thinking of embarking on, uh, you mentioned that uh, you've been shedding some things that you don't necessarily or didn't uh, necessarily like about yourself, so your name being one of them, what are some other stuff that you have to let go of about yourself? Um, the name was actually the last thing I let go of because I felt as though it represented the person that I was. But um, there was a lot of uh, ego involved, a lot of self-centeredness, um, uh, just no, not enough humility, and just not enough substance in, in the person I was still as smashy. Which I hold nothing against him for because I mean, I was young. I was like 19, 20, 21, You know, and the life I had growing up, it makes sense for me to have been in that, um, I guess, situation. But yeah, those are some of the things I had to share that year. Okay. It was a growing up process, actually. Hmm. And I mean, would you say that the industry sort of 
humbled you in a way? I mean, I know even just the exit from uh, from cash time was also probably, I mean, not an easy one to do. So do you think that this should kind of like humbled you a little bit? Yeah, that was definitely a humbling experience. That, um, that, so, so I had always grown up having had people on my side or just having had favor on my side. And that was the first time, um, I think in my life I had experienced people turning on me. Mm. So that was, that was very, uh, painful for me to experience. And it was new, it was just, it hit very hard. So definitely that was, uh, very much humbling, a humbling experience. But also, then after that, falling in love is also a very humbling experience. So I also encountered that after test time and in that transition of growing up. When you say falling in love, are we talking about a romantic relationship or are we talking about your love for the industry? <laughs> yeah, music had already broken my heart and that's I'm definitely referring to like a a love interest, like a, a love relationship, yes. Mm. What you go through when you actually find somebody you actually really love mm. and don't want to let go, uh, those type of things grow you as well. Mm. And I'm assuming this love interest is the same uh is pretty much the the mother of your of your of your baby as well, yes? I wish I could say that. Oh. It is. I, I turned out to be the same man my dad was. Which is unfortunate because we all grow up trying not to be. Mm. And what kind of what kind of man would you say your father was that you become? Um I mean my dad uh had multiple baby mothers, uh, was married to my mother, they got divorced. So you can only imagine the amount of, uh, what do you call it, toxicity, mm. maybe. Mm. Just, just an unhealthy environment, let me just say it that way. Yeah. But yeah. while you say that you've been shedding quite a number of things, I'm pretty sure that toxicity is, is has pretty much left you as well, yeah? It's it's on its way out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be as honest as possible. Yeah. I mean I've shed a lot of it off, but you know, you learn yourself every day I think. Mm. So there's things that you may not have even known or toxic traits mm. that you learn every day and have to unlearn. Mm. And then Conte, who's who's this this when we speak of this love interest, are we speaking of Bumi <laughs> or are we speak I mean, there's kind of a couple of people we could pin to you. <laughs> Which is terrible actually, but I don't I don't mind it. Um no, I it, it isn't a name that I think you could pin to me. Bumi and I actually just friends and neighbors actually. Mm. So I don't, I've seen people actually assume that we're dating, but you know that that's not the case. I actually have a I guess love interest we'll call it that I've that I've dealt with back in 2014, so it's been like a couple of years now, in a stretch. Mm. And is this person in the entertainment industry or all the way not? 
all the way not actually. Uh, she's corporate, but I've always made it a point not to do the industry couple thing. Like ever since our smashes, mm. Mm. just something I always was very much against. I had a lot of opportunities to do that. I always just shied away from it. It's not really my style, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's quite understandable. I mean, but who who are who how how is Zinga as as a father? I think that's also something that we we're we're quite interested to know when we look at um just you as a person or as a personality is the fact that you're a father. I mean, you're the coolest father to start with. You have green <laughs> green hair and blue hair the next day, and then it's this and it's that. So how are you as a father? Really? Yeah, somebody actually said that to me and made me realize that. I think it was my baby mama, actually. Mm. Because she was like, yo, you do, because my, so my son's name is Fisher, and she was like, you do know he's going to want to be like this. And only then did I really, like, click into the fact that Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm not just myself, like I'm not just Vega, I'm actually some guy's role model out there, so um, I, I guess I'm a cool father in, in that aspect, mm. but fatherhood is something I'm still learning how to operate, to be honest, and um, I'm, I, I have intentions on being uh, one of the greatest greatest fathers I I possibly can be. Um, having grown up with a, a father, I didn't really find too admirable. Mm, mm. But I've I've had my struggles in being a father also, you know. So that made me kind of understand also some of the things he may have gone through. Okay. But you know, I'm I'm trying. Yeah, and what I mean since you're mentioning them also, but like. What struggles, what has been the, the most challenging, the challenges that you faced um, with just being a father when you speak of the struggles? I think, well, initially, first of all, so it was just having to come to terms with actually being a father because it happened early in my life. Mm. And it happened also at a time where I was just becoming smashing, so I was kind of uh, mad at the idea of becoming a father. And... It took me a while to have it settled in to it actually bring my reality. So, you know, struggles like that, and then the baby mama dramas, and you know, all sorts of things that I just was not at, a, at an age anywhere close to being able to handle any of that, just even mentally. Mm. You know, so it, it's been a journey. Mm. Mm. But we're in a better place. Today, so that's something I'm proud of. Certainly. Um, another relationship that a lot of people would definitely be interested in, in terms of where you stand and if you are in a better place now, or if you were ever in a better place, that's obviously uh, for you to answer. But how is your relationship with KO? Obviously, having left um, Cash Time again, coming back to that, um, that's uh, something as well. Funny enough, just as I was picking up this call, I was responding to a text from KO. Nice. <laughs> so KO and I uh, were great. I mean, he's he's the guy that changed my life, and I've always made it a point to not forget that, regardless mm. of um, what we went through. 
And even in our split as Kersa, mm. he in some way, shape or form, always reached out, like probably just in time, <laughs> to, to remind me not to give up and to fight for my dreams. Even though he wasn't helping me with it at the time, he he really made sure that I understand that that was a test at I guess my um, what do we call it? My dedication and my devotion to the dream and the game. Mm. And he still does that to this day. I mean, him and I talk all the time about the music industry, about music, about Everything actually. Mm, mm. Yeah, so he's sort of like a a, a big brother. Yeah. Always has been and still is. Yeah. Are you wary of making like impulsive decisions now when it comes to signing to a new uh, to any label? Um, I I think at some point I'm not too sure. Are you now signed to what what deal do you have with Sony exactly? And but but are you wary of just signing any contracts when it comes to just really selling your dream, pretty much? Um, yeah, I have been, mm. but you know, I also am open to the understanding of the fact that this is a business, also. Mm. You know, and there are business structures in every business, and these business structures know and have been operating for years, you know, they stand. So it, it, I, I base it very much on on that nowadays, just getting into any contractual obligation. But, yeah, it is something to think twice and maybe thrice about mm. and to be careful of. But, yeah, I I do. I am wary. But I'm open to it. I don't. I don't let it um, get in the way. Yeah. And I am at Sony now. By the way, I'm at Sony. Uh, I have an artist deal there, which uh, happened as a joint venture with Bad Boy. Not Bad Boy, Black Boy. Sorry. Oh, okay. And I know this. This is actually a conversation that I think. Um, I think it was. Uh, do me. I still call him do me from the volume. It kind of sounds weird. Stogie T. <laughs> Stogie T was actually, I think it was JR or do me, one of the two. He was having a conversation about, I think it was on Twitter, where he was saying that not every artist, you don't have to be an artist and then eventually open your own record label. Do you have such ambitions or do you always just feel that it's better to sometimes just be under the wing of people who maybe have better understanding of the industry? I think from my experience of the game, I have great knowledge that I can pass on to young artists. Just having experienced so much of it firsthand, you know, having come into the game young and what that feels like, and then having had struggles with the game, being on and off, in and out of the game, and then having to rebrand and rebuild and you know, come back and find a way to win again. I think that experience has been given to me to share in, in some way. So that does put me in a place where I do feel as though I should have a um, record label that and 
my experience as a songwriter as of late, like as of the past couple of years, mm. um, and and realizing that I I'm able beyond um, what I thought I was. Mm. So I'm able to help in in, in different parts. Yeah. And um, how would you describe your? I mean, obviously, it's mostly a business relationship, but I'm not sure on a friendship level, that's a different story altogether. But your relationship with uh, DJ Maporisa, obviously, having work, having to work so closely with him, uh, people yeah. admire everything about him, really. He's one of the greatest human beings I've ever come across, actually. He was to navigate the industry, actually. As far as just how I navigate with Sony, how I navigate with other artists, how I carry myself around other artists. You know, he he's like the greatest producer in our country, but if you're around him, you'd never be able to tell off of just how he carries himself. Mm. He's able to be, he's able to have the smallest ego in the room, which I find amazing, mm. and I'm trying to master that. So, I was, I was fortunate enough to be close to him. That was a blessing, you know. And it, it definitely impacted my life in a positive way. Yeah. Also in my diversity and my spread musically, you know, it, it definitely impacted my life in a, in a major way. So of course. He's one of them, yeah. And I mean, you have an album that's gonna come up. We're gonna talk about that a little in a little bit. But has he somehow um, maybe um, suggested that you have like an Amapiano track or two on that album? Because I mean, if you're working with Maporisa, you almost have to get an Amapiano something. <laughs> that is true. Um, but I actually didn't work with him on this album. This, oh. is, a, this is an album I. Um, executive produced myself actually and um, put together uh, in my studio. Mm. I felt I felt I was ready to try my hand at you know expressing myself fully how I imagine it to be. Mm. And I've gotten this uh, I'm a piano question a lot actually and. I was on the phone with my producer like a week or two ago about that also. Mm. Um, I do happen to have a, a song that does have remnants of Amapiano on there, mm. which was, though funny enough, produced by Snake. Uh, mm. And that just happened in, in some way of just enjoying the music. But I am looking uh, into getting into studio with some Amapiano producers, Pori, of course, uh, but I, I really like what Tyler is also doing. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think that'll, that'll have it. I think people want that, seeing as I get this question so much. <laughs> but what what is your take on, on um, you know, hip-hop artists transitioning or even making contributions in the upper piano space it's not something that if we look back then you wouldn't all like necessarily see a, a, a hip-hop artist you know venturing into quiet or or whatever but then eventually we saw that with casper you know doing other stuff but or even maybe whp and stuff like that but what is your take on on the current uh trend 
of hip hop artists venturing into Amapian? I don't think we should even call it a trend. I think I think that door should always be open for so any artist to do anything, not just hip hop artists. I think mm. any artist should be able to express themselves in whichever way they feel is comfortable at that time. I think right now I'm a piano stage is very big and it's very trendy and I think if people see themselves fitting in that space they should. Mm. You know? I think we we as the hip hop community should uh just as just as growing up as a male person and growing up with all these toxic ideas of how, what the world is and how to treat the world. I think hip hop has a lot of that and I think we just need to share the bed and just realize that you're at any day you're an artist, you're special, you know, and just, you know, use your gifts as you see fit whenever you see it fit to and however you see it. So, so with this uh, 12-track album that you're going to be releasing, uh, first of all, we need to... Oh, is it 14? Oh, so it's changed. Okay, so there's 14 tracks now. <laughs> Executive <laughs> producer. <laughs> uh, tell me tell me about what inspired the the whole compilation. Uh, what what did you look to uh for, you know, for inspiration when you were making that that entire album? Um, it was a mixture of two things. Mm. The the story inspired me to be a lot more melodic in my approach musically. Mm. Firstly, right? Mm. And in the content that I choose to discuss the music, it also inspired me in that way also. So it's it then well I it then forced me to have to have emotional um attachment to the things I was saying in the music. And fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, mm-hmm. I was going through all the things I was going through with the lady in my life and I I wasn't sure of things I had to express. So <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it all sort of came together in in that way. So it was definitely inspired by my hunger to go as an artist first mm-hmm. and foremost and just as a musician in the way I express myself. And the challenge of being melodic because it was something that I've just never been into, which is another rap thing that we need to get out of. Mm-hmm. So why why did you choose to, you know, take on this project uh mostly as as just yourself and just you know produce it yourself um why why do it just independently i think it's the confidence i have in myself now firstly and there's there's a it also also by the way just happened organically it wasn't something i planned it happened because i now have the students at home and so I was working from home, and it was the lockdown, like late last year, and So it also happened organically, but it did teach me that 
executing your own ideas in your own way, the way you see it, is something that is very important in art because um, in, con- in collaboration, it, it, will, it will not always come out that way. I mean, collaborations are great. Collaborations have done a lot for me, but your ideas, like purely your ideas, mm-hmm. have to find a place to live. Mm-hmm. And I think your ideas and solely yours are the ones you have that are meant to connect you to the world. Mm. And so I guess along with those ideas would be your decision to name your album. Is it Scamto Republic? <laughs> it's Scamto, without the Republic. Scamto Republic is the intro of um, <clears throat> the intro of the album, which is inspired by um, Thunder Republic, which was Kale's uh, debut album. Mm. But the uh, album is called Gamsu, which is a slam word for conversation. Mm. And I'm known for the slang and all such, which is all over the music, because that's how I express myself. And so it's just like a style and whole new name of just delivering my stuff. Scamso is actually more than just the name of the album. I think it, 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 it encapsulates the style and the approach to the music, the sound and all. Mm. So, with the fact that you, you mentioned, uh, you know, KO's first album, and obviously this is a project uh, pretty much as Zinga, it's, it's a new, it's, it's an album uh, uh, with you having reinvented yourself. Do you think uh, KO has an influence in terms of just the new person that you, I mean you did say that you have conversations with him constantly so I can imagine there's some inspiration that, that comes from him as well mm-hmm. okay so how so I think you know, has an influence on me overall as a human having impacted my life that much I mean he's the guy that changed my life yeah. and so I think his influence will always be in my blood on some or other level. So mm. I think maybe the answer to that is yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I have just as much of an influence on him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you, you know, obviously every artist has been uh, impacted by, by the lockdown and I think some artists have um, kind of shied away from putting more music out and try and find other means of, you know, um, putting bread on the table, pretty much. Um, have Has that been the same for you? Obviously, yes, you're releasing an album, but do you kind of also want to branch out? I mean, there are other rappers that are now starting to do presenting and, you know, interesting things as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that in this tone about rappers doing other things. I hate it. <laughs> it's unfair. It's unfair. But, um, yeah, which is, which is, uh, for me, nothing that has anything to do with the lockdown because it was something that, um, 
I had always wanted to to involve myself, and I've always wanted to be bigger than music. So mm. you know, I've always uh, had a passion for acting. I was in drama school first year as kids. Uh, I did drama in high school. I've always been interested in that, and um, I think radio also has always well, not always, but it's an interest somewhat, which is something I kind of am going to do with podcasting situation because I feel like that may turn out to be the new radio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've, I've always been bigger than the music. I think the music just took up so much of my time because of the fight that I had to have, um, having gone through all this cash time stuff and the rebranding and all that. But yes, uh, the, the lockdown has been affected in a negative way and in a positive way, you know, because I got to lock in on the music and tap into a side of myself that I had never before. Mm. And I'm glad if it does inspire people to, you know, spread their wings. I think that's, that's dope. Of course, of course. Um, uh, what else is in the pipeline for, for Zinga? So we have a podcast coming up. We have an album coming up, which I still want to know who else is on this album because you featuring Blackie. I listened to the song. That's like, I, I'm all the way sold for it. I'm going to add it to my playlist. I love it. <laughs> so what else is in the pipeline? Um, I'm, I'm definitely super interested in this podcasting situation. If I could grab or matter role uh, in an acting situation sometime this year, that would be lovely. That would be a goal ticked off of my list. Mm. And <clears throat> I mean, the idea is to do everything at the same time, is to try and manage that. Mm. The idea is for myself to have no time. Mm. Mm. So I'm ready to, you know, just do it all. But the music is, is my first love, and I have to make sure that that is taken care of on a high level because I have that chip on my shoulder and I have that stamp on my heart for the music. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as who else is on the project, well, Blackie's mentioned, I have a song with Gamum Pena. Hey. Which, which isn't a Yano song. I think that's what makes that interesting. Um, he has a debut appearance as an artist, I, I guess, uh, from May the Day. She has, she has a first of one of the songs there, so that's interesting. Um, I featured Loki, who is an artist of Skanda World from, which is, uh, Chaos label. Mm. I've got a song of him and Music Harnick. So it's like a, a lot of the fresh new blood in the world, actually. Those, I think, are the features I have on the album. Mm. I, I, I don't think I would have ever thought to hear that uh, Blackie and Gamum Pella in one sentence and in one on one project, not necessarily working together, but the fact that they're on one project. How did you even get to working with Gamum? Uh, Gamu, I had, how did I get to Gamu? What were we doing? How did I meet Gamu? I can't remember how I met Gamu. I met her though while she was just getting into the game, and we, we grew pretty close, we're cool. 
uh, I've spent some time with her in the studio, mm. working on music for her. And so I had her at my studio at the crib. And there was a song that I made, a song called Amawaz, and I felt like her touch in that song, just for the vibe, would have been a good thing. And it turned out to be when we did it. So mm. that was dope. And it was dope also to see her reaction to herself sounding that way on a song that isn't like I'm a piano and Hmm. So there's some interesting surprises in store. We definitely look forward to those. Um, but I'm definitely going to leave it at that. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time again uh, to chat to us. I really do appreciate it. And all the best on your endeavors. Look forward to the podcast, man. Honestly. <laughs> Brig, come through. People believe that I'm trying to make a a stand-up, uh, what do they call it? A stand-up special sometime. In yeah. In my career, maybe we'll have that. <laughs> yeah, there must be like a Zynga skit with your podcast. Love, love, love. Awesome stuff, man. All the best and look forward to hearing the album. I definitely am looking forward to hearing this Kamum Pela one because I definitely am hooked on the Blackie track and everything, everything else, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, this the album is just all them type of flavors. Well, not that type, but it's just flavors you don't expect, but when you get them, you love them. So I hope it's it's really gonna connect that way with everybody that gets it. Amazing, amazing. All righty, thank you so much. Have a great one. Thanks, Appreciate it. You too. Cheers, cheers. Cheers.